I'm going to invite you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5, and we'll just spend these last few minutes together thinking about this last uh, section as we close off this series on Thessalonians. And as I was thinking about what the service is going to be and trying to think how much time there might be left at the end, kind of playing it by ear, was saying this will be a great passage because uh, as we were thinking about this week, Derek, uh, Jesse and I were together at one point and we were talking about it and wondering what was going to happen. I said, well, actually, this is a great passage because it's one of those passages that I basically could read and then just say, do that. All right, like just whatever this says, just do it. It's a series of exhortations. It's a series of Paul closing this letter off and reminding the church in Thessalonica just what it is to be together and how they need to live together. It is contextualized for them, and we won't spend a lot of time in that for some of the specific problems they have. But in these exhortations, it's just the reminder of this is who we are. And Paul exhorts them in a variety of ways. But he comes to a prayer. And we've actually heard it a couple of times already, and we're going to end our service with it. But I'm going to start there. Because Paul, as he exhorts this, this church family, he wants them to understand this, that all of this will only be possible if they understand that it's God's working in them. That is the gospel power. It is God sanctifying through them. And so he says this in verses 20, at the end, verses 23 and 24. He says, and may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. We've made mention all through this series, Thessalonians, every chapter ends with this call to remember Jesus Christ is coming again. That there is such a hope that is to be found in that. This is our hope of, e of eternal life being fulfilled and blossoming is that Jesus is coming again. And we are to be kept blameless for his coming. Our hearts are to be filled, that we are to be ready, we're to have clear accounts, to understand forgiveness, and to be brought into this presence, uh, and to be ready for his presence to come into reality. And so Paul gives this prayer, and as he prays, it's, it's really the sense of, and if you're going to obey my exhortations, understand it's only as you allow God to sanctify you. Sanctify simply means that the process, the building of a holiness within you, that God's work within us by his spirit of calling us into the image of Jesus Christ and becoming like him, that may God, the God of peace, the God who oversees us and draws our hearts together, will we allow him to accomplish his work within us? And so this is our prayer for us this morning. And as I said, we're going to come back to that at the end of uh, this brief message and sing a hymn together and be reminded of these things. So in the other few moments that we've got together now, is just to kind of ruminate for a few moments over these exhortations. Paul kind of gives these just very fast and brief words to them. I've broke them down into, he talks to us about leadership, he talks about relationships within the community, and then also what our spiritual life is to be, urging us on. It's interesting when you look at it that he begins by saying, I'm asking you to do these things. It's kind of a softer word of command. And then he grows, he says, I'm urging you, when he begins to talk about the community. And then at the end, he says, now make sure to respond this way. 
right? So in the passage, there's a, there's a growing to his last um, exhortations is about be guarding our spiritual lives and our responding to the Spirit. So in verses 12 and 13, he says this, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work and live in peace with each other. So he's saying, brothers, sisters, remember this, for those who work hard among you. So he's drawing our attention to those who lead. It's interesting to note, this church hasn't been around that long. Remember, we've talked in our, as we've thought through the series, it's just a few months old to maybe a year old as Paul's writing this church, but already there's recognized leadership. This is part of what church is. As the church grows and develops, God sets apart, he sets aside those who are going to lead. And I like what Paul says here about what these leaders do within the context of this church. He basically says three things. He says, one, they work hard. <laughs> Leadership is a hard work. And I think as he says that to them, the idea of working hard is that there's an attitude in the leaders of the church that they're not in it for prestige or for the power, but they are there to do God's work. That they are those who put their, their, you know, their shoulder into it. And that ministry is that sense of laboring on behalf of the body of Jesus Christ. As I think about this, and we're in the process of looking for a new pastor, let's be praying that we will find that pastor that's ready to work hard for us and with us. And as they work hard, it is also they will care for you in the Lord. This means that there are the leaders are there in order to lift the church up to undergird in the Lord. That in the Lord, there's an accountability. In Hebrews 13, it says, Obey your leaders, submit to them. They are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. That's a high calling for leadership. It's one that I know, or oh, it still is, but in my early years as I came to recognize this, that before the Lord, that I carry this responsibility for you folks. And my heart's desire is to see you grow and develop and, and be built up in the Lord. And the joy is that when you work and we work together in this, there is a great joy and a fulfilling that I, when the accounting comes, I can say, Lord, I've done what I can, and the people have responded. You see, it's a call to respond to the leadership that's being given. It's a call to be working together. And so Paul says, leaders will work hard, they will care for you, and they will admonish you. Admonish is a kind of tough word. It means they are going to bring you into shape. They're going to call you out. They're going to correct you. Those aren't things that we like to think about, but it's necessary in the body. Paul doesn't talk here a lot about ruling and about leadership, about the oversight or teaching or doctrine. There's other parts in Scripture where the elders and deacons are called to all those things. But at the heart of what Paul says in your leaders, you look for those who will admonish you who will call you to account, who will call you into places of growing up in Jesus Christ. And as that is fulfilled in your life, what does he say? He calls us, the followers of Christ, to simply do this. Acknowledge them, respect them, recognize them, hold them in high regard and love. That relationship of leaders and the body together. To grow together and, and be built up in Jesus Christ. 
to recognize those who lead. And then he ends with, and live in peace. You know, don't hold the admonition against them. When you get admonished, understand it is for our good. It's for the good of the body. And so we need to guard the peace that dwells there. And then he talks to the community in broad terms. He says this, and notice that he says, and, they urge, and I urge you, brothers and sisters, again, three things, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. This is called, this is the body being called to live together. We are to warn each other. We are to encourage each other. We're to help the weak. We're to help those who need to be lifted up. That idea of weak has not just those who are physically weak, but it also has the idea that are morally weak that have fallen, and we need to lift each other up and build each other up. It's our work together to see that we are growing up in Jesus Christ. And then very specifically, and don't pay back wrong for wrong. I think there's a context that Paul speaks to in that church, but it's in every church. It's wherever there is those kind of relationships. Just read for you quickly the message, how he paraphrases these verses. He says, our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. Gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs, and be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. I mean, one way this is... You know, it's, it's the basics of life, but Paul has to tell us these things don't come instinctively. These things need to be intentional within our hearts and our lives, and it's why we need the sanctifying work of the Lord within us. And I think that's why Paul gives these next exhortations about our spiritual life. I think he speaks to us about four attitudes to guard our relationships with the Lord. He says them, and he just says them really quickly. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice, pray, and be thankful. Joy is the mark of the Christian life. And joy comes out of not circumstances, doesn't come out of the, the immediate. Joy comes out of that eternal sense of where God is leading us. Joy is tied to hope. Joy is tied to the understanding that Jesus comes again and we are waiting for him. Way back when we started this series, Derek had those first 10 verses. And he had this idea of what we're waiting for, that we're waiting for Jesus. And as I was thinking about this section, what Paul's really telling us to do is what do we do while we're waiting? We do these things. We honor leadership. We live together, building each other up. And then before the Lord, we have this joyful heart. We pray continually because we are continually dependent on God. And the final attitude is that giving thanks in all circumstances. Right, that, that triad to be joyful, be in prayer. And giving thanks says, God, we are so surrendering to your kingship. We recognize everything comes from you. And then those two negative exhortations, do not quench the spirit, 
Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. I think the final attitude is this, expectation. Can we expect that God is going to be at work? To expect that he will speak. Don't quench the spirit. Don't put the fire out. Don't pour cold water on what he wants to accomplish. The spirit is often pictured as a flame through scriptures. As a flame comes and there's heat and there's, there's that sense of, of the, the burning and the cleansing that comes from him. We're, we're experiencing wildfires across Canada right now. I threw up a picture. You got that picture? It's incredible when you look at these things, right? A forest fire that catches fire and just burns out of control, but it moves and there's a heat that is accomplished by it. And we need to cry out for the Spirit's heat and moving among us and to expect Him to accomplish these things, that He would come as this mighty wave among us to cleanse us, to purify us, to draw us to Jesus Christ. To accomplish that, we can't treat prophecies with contempt. I think in that statement, we just have to have that expectation that God will speak. And that we need to understand that when he speaks, we need to test it, we need to hold to the good, to reject the evil. But in all of these things, to understand his presence here among us. Jesse, you and the team, come on back up as we get ready to finish off. You see, in all of these things, there's just these attitudes that Paul calls us to. That in leadership, we need to lift leadership up and pray for protection and guarding them. We need as a body of Christ to be building each other up and understanding what he does through us and in us. And we need to be crying out for God to be at work among us. The closing words of this passage, and I'll just read them quickly just so we can say we actually read the whole thing of 1 Thessalonians, right? His closing words are, brothers and sisters, pray for us. I love that Paul just cries out to continually be in prayer for him. How much we need to be in praying. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I'm expecting great things after the service. <laughs> right? We can say a lot about that. Greeting with a holy kiss is just that sense of what is the family sense that we have together. You know, the holy kiss is what's fitting for the saints, becoming between the saints, probably comes out of synagogue practices and that sense of, you know, men kissing men on the cheeks and women. It's just that sense that we're family. Let's appreciate and love each other. And Paul just says, you know, let's greet each other in this way, a genuine mark of fellowship. And then he says, I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. Well, we can check that one off. We've read it together over the last several months. And then just this, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. But his prayer for that to be accomplished among us is this. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Let's allow that to be our prayer for each other, and celebrate the gospel together. As we've seen it on display here this morning, through the life of Ailey and baptism, through the tailors and their dedication to this mission in Poland, for us as a family together and how we share in all of those things. And may God continue to sanctify us and bless us.
Let's stand together to sing this last song.